to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, Parables and Object Lessons, you'll learn how and why Jesus used the physical world to introduce the spiritual world to his disciples and how the laws of nature relate to the Bible. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan with Solutions for Freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello everyone, my name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. And we'd like to welcome you uh, once again to Freedom to Choose and uh, the programs we're doing are Parables and Object Lessons and for your reference, this is program number 32 of Parables and Object Lessons. And uh, before we get started, Susan, would you like to open with a word of prayer, please? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you once again for the wonderful opportunity we have to talk about you and your principles. And Lord, we pray that you will send your spirit to be with us and to be with everyone who's listening. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I just the other day I was thinking of how often we use... Uh, object lessons or parables or metaphors or whatnot, you know, I'm just, we're constantly doing it. Mm-hmm. I know I use, I use the phrase, you picking up what I'm putting down, you know what I mean? And right. stuff like that. I mean, we, but we do, we use them all the time. I can't come over, my hands are tight or, uh, you know, are you getting my drift or, or, you know, just we're constantly using them. And Jesus used them and he used, he used what everybody was used to seeing Mm-hmm. You know, when he spoke to a certain audience, if it was farmers, he definitely used the parable of the sower or whatever. And just so whoever he was speaking to, he... House he, builders, because he talked about building, building a house. Rock, yeah. And so sand. he did, He did. Uh, you know, naturally, the wisest teacher that ever walked the planet. And he used such simple, down-to-earth, common things that were from the physical world that represented spiritual truths. And they're, when you dig deep in them, they have so much meaning. It's, uh, yeah, so it's kind of um, the most, um, the simplest lessons bring out the most complex they ideas. Do. Yeah, you know, we, were, we, we went on a little mini vacation uh, last week, and we went up to Mammoth Lakes, and we noticed that... The higher we got in altitude, the smaller, the narrower the paths were, the narrower and the less people there were. Mm-hmm. The cleaner the air was, the mm-hmm. cleaner the environment was, and we got up to the snow and it was real clean. And the nice, nicer the people are, it's just it was almost a, an object lesson of of you know how the path gets narrower and the and the and and you know the path to heaven. Everything's cleaner. <laughs> well, I you think know. that, um, and I think that that's the purpose of our lives here is to get elevated, right? Is to right is to is to come up to the standard that God has set, not the standard that man is. Yeah, set. you know, man by nature we're bottom feeders, right? You know, we want to lay on the bottom and have everybody feed us. Right. That's by nature, and I think today's today's program is on talents. And, you know, and how not only how to use them, but what was the importance of the parable, what he was trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so the, the, today's program is based on Matthew chapter 25, verses 13 through 30. And, you know, when Jesus was on the Mount of Olives, he, he spoke to his disciples of his second coming, and, and he specified certain signs that were, you know, to show when his coming was going to be near. And it told his disciples to watch and to be ready. And um, he repeated the, war, the warning, there, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Then he showed what it means to watch for his coming, and, and, and basically our time, is, it's not sp- to be spent in idle waiting, but in, in, you know, diligent work. This is the lesson he taught in the parable of the talents. Right, so I'll, I'll read the ta- okay. a portion of the talents. The kingdom of heaven, he said, as, is as a, tra- as a man traveling into a far country who calls his own servants and delivered unto them his goods— and unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his abilities, and straightway took his journey. Okay. And, of course, the man traveling into the far country, that represents Jesus, who, when he was speaking the parable, was heading from this earth to heaven very soon. And, of course, the bond servants or the slaves of the parable represents his followers. Right. Um, we are not our own, the Bible says. We have been bought with a price. That's 1 Corinthians 6.20. Not with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That's 1 Peter 1, uh, 18 and 19. That they which sh- live should not henceforth live unto themselves, be, but be unto him which died for them and rose again. 2 Corinthians 5.15. Okay, what does that say? Bought with a price. Right. Bought with a price. That's a that's another metaphor, isn't it? Right. Not with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Let's dig into that. What does a metaphor mean? A metaphor always it has to point to a reality, or the metaphor is worthless. So, what's the object lesson here? Well, if you think about it, when Roger Roger Bannister ran that first four minute mile, he paid a price. His training. His time, his energy, his grueling distance running sessions, he paid the price. It came at a cost to him, but he didn't pay it to anyone. It's a figure of speech. My drug addiction cost me many years of my life, and I'm still, quote-unquote, paying for it. It's a metaphor. I'm not paying anyone. Now, sometimes we take a metaphor or the metaphor that... Jesus paid a price, and we take it literally to mean he paid someone off. Right. It's not true. Right. I think I think it's a has a wrong conception of God and and the the whole plan of salvation because it's as though God demanded if he got bought off right. somehow. Right. You know, and and it, it's just we've we've abused a metaphor. Right. Metaphors got to point to a reality. Right, and that, that makes so much sense. So we've all been bought with an infinite price by pouring the whole treasury of heaven into this world by giving all heaven in Jesus Christ. God has purchased the will, the affections, the minds, the soul of every single human being. It came at a cost to God. It came at a cost to Jesus to condescend to our level and give until there was nothing left to give. That is costly. So whether believers or unbelievers, we are all the Lord's property because we came at a great cost to him, and we are all called to do his service. Yeah, you know, it was a life that he gave. It was his life. And remember that the blood is a a metaphor for the life of Jesus. Leviticus says that the life is in the blood. Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, in other words, unless you assimilate my life into your life, just like when you drink something 
You drink something, it becomes a part of you. You assimilate it. You eat something, it becomes a part of you. You assimilate it. Just like you do that, if you don't assimilate my life, there will be no life in you. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Right. So it's interesting because it kind of reminds me of um, parents who have children. Mm -hmm. So basically, God is the father of all, right? Mm -hmm. And we are his children. And, you know, when you look at the at the the um, position of a parent, they sometimes pay an actual price Mm -hmm. money wise. Right. But they also pay a price of um, sacrifice. Absolutely. Sacrifice and time and effort. And they give of themselves and and their children have a part of them and Mm -hmm. he has a part of them. And so it's it's a. It's interesting to see that um, that I and I think that's the way that God um, instituted the family is so that we could have a better picture of of what His position is. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So yeah. a follower of Jesus has been redeemed for service. Jesus teaches us that the true object of life is ministry. He Himself was a worker, and to all His followers, He gives the law of service. Service to God and service to their fellow man. You know, I like the way you put that, the law of service. You know, there's a lot of laws out there that just, they work because they work. And I know from experience that the law of service does work. I mm-hmm. remember the first assignment I was given when I went to my first AA meeting was to be a coffee person. And someone very smart saw me, saw what condition I was in. And the first night I was there, they made me coffee person. And this made me responsible Mm -hmm. for something. Clean and sober, Mm -hmm. not knowing what to do. I had to go buy styrofoam cups, buy coffee, get get there early, make the coffee, turn in my receipts, get reimbursed, and do all of this stuff for people I didn't know and do it clean and sober for no gain other than to do it because someone told me to. Well, and then not only that, but I think the higher purpose, too, was now you had a new community, right? They right. made you a part of, of the mission of service. Yeah, and you feel left out if you're not part of it. In other words, if you're not contributing, right? you're left out of that community. You feel left out. So the first, I mean, I'm there. I, I am Petrified. I, I'm petrified. <laughs> I'm bewildered. I can't live inside my own skin. I'm up in my head. You know, nothing is right. And here I'm in a room, and everybody in the room is clean and sober. Mm-hmm. And that's blowing my mind. Right. And then they ask me to do something. And that really blew my mind. Why did Why did they pick me out? Why the first day? Why this? Why that? And the next thing you know, I'm going to those meetings because I have a responsibility. Absolutely. And the coffee's got to be good. Let me tell you, in an <laughs> NA meeting, those you better make good coffee. Well, and, and I think, you know, when we're in the prison, we're talking to, uh, especially to either men or to women, you know, one of the things that we try to um, um, communicate to them that that was part of our story is that being in service can change your life. Yeah. And if you if they can do anything to start thinking about what they would like to do and to give something without expecting you, anything in and return, and it doesn't and it doesn't have to be shooting a rocket to the moon. No, I mean it's you started out at Ride to Walk, right? And so Ride to Walk Walk is a um, horseback riding therapy for neurologically handicapped children. And so I went there and uh, volunteered and helped the children yeah. get on the horse and do their exercises when they rode on the horse. And 
um, it just really gave me um, the realization of how truly lucky I am and how important I was to to this ministry. Right, because then next thing you know, you've got pictures of the kids that right. are up on the... You became a part of that community. Absolutely. By, and, by and giving by and not giving expecting and anything not expecting in return. anything in return. Right. And that's the whole... That is the law of service. I right. mean, you can't change that. That's how reality works. And I think the one thing you were saying is that when you were at the meetings, you were up in your head and you were thinking about all this stuff. And that's one thing. If if somebody is struggling with anything, if they can get into some type of service, it gets you out of yourself and into helping someone else. Yeah. And that is, you know, I've read one where one author that said service is the law of life. The law of service is the law of life. Okay. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. Because... I mean, by living to, to minister to others, we're actually brought into a better connection with Jesus. The law of service becomes, if you will, the connecting link which binds us to God and to our fellow man. It's like the law of gravity, the law of service. It's, it's just how things work. In fact, if you would do me a favor, Susan, read the opening lines of the book of Revelation, because this is biblical. We're not making this up. Let's look at who's participating in getting us the message, and 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 we, we're going to analyze the passage that you're going to read. But I think you're going to be fascinated. Number one, by the chain of command, but number two, by who all is involved in this. Right, and and it isn't so much as a ch- about a chain of command, but of, as the community coming together. Right. So this is the this book is the record of the events that Jesus re- Christ revealed that God gave him this revelation in order to show to his servants what must happen very soon. Christ made these things known to his servant John by sending an angel to him, and John has told all that he's seen. This is his report concerning the message from God and the truth revealed by Jesus Christ. Happy is he who reads this book, and happy are those who listen to the words of this prophetic message and obey what is written in this book. For the time is near when all these things will happen, Revelation 1, verses 1 through 3. See, that's the opening. Now, if you follow this— You've got God giving the message to Jesus, because mm-hmm. it's the events that Jesus re, Jesus Christ revealed, God gave him, and he, Jesus is giving it to the angel, mm-hmm. and the angel is giving it to John, and John is giving it to us and telling, blessed is those who read and obey. In other words, blessed are those that put into practice what we have all brought forth. So everybody is involved in the writings of that Bible, from God the Father all the way to the servant John or the servant Peter or the servant uh, Moses or whoever, but but that's how heaven works. Right. Every everybody participates. Right. You know, and so Jesus basically commits his goods to his followers, something to be put to use for him. He gives to every man according his work. Each has his place in the eternal plan of salvation. Each is to work in cooperation with Jesus for the salvation of souls. There's a place prepared for us in the heavenly matches as well as a special place designated on earth here where we're to work for God. Right. That's fascinating. Right. Because God gives the talents to every person. That's, That's what right. Matthew 25 says, according to his ability. The person who has the ability to use five talents receives five. The one who can improve two receives two. And the person who can wisely only use one receives the one. Right. So, and, and the person that gets the five talents, um, he's expected to improve those five. And he who has one, he's expected to improve the one. 
God expects returns according to that to a man hath, and not according to the what he hath not. Second Corinthians eight, verse twelve. Right. In the parable, he he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them another five talents. And likewise, he that had two, he also gained another two. Okay. And then the talents now, even though they may be few, they're they're we got to put them to use. We don't need to ask how much have I received, but what am I doing with that which I have received? And it's all about development. The development of our faculties is the first duty that we owe to God and to our friends and to our neighbors. It's Remember, just like in the physical, so it is in the spiritual. Now, uh, Susan's been kind enough to allow me to go into the studio and do a little bit of music recording, and I hadn't played the uh the guitar in i don't know 15 or 20 years and so i picked it up and you know what i had to do i had to practice Mm -hmm. and i practice and i practice and i practice to get and in order to get a good recording you've really got to practice Mm -hmm. and in order to get a good character you've really got to participate see i had the talents back in the i don't know late 70s early 80s (laughs) right you know I could play the guitar. I could actually play the guitar. Right. But when I set it down, and you, you don't use it. You when dust and moths come yeah, in. Yeah, you and, don't use it. You lose right, it. Right. And right. so I pick it back up, and I said, "Okay, I want to do this." And I, wait a minute, my fingers won't do what my brain says now. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back and and really work at it. Really work hard to get it back. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's just how reality works. So you're gonna if you're gonna participate with God to build a you good character. You've got to character. practice You've now. You've got to practice. Right. You've got to participate. Right. You can't just live under yourself today and say, but I'm, I'll am i be ready for heaven some, late, some yeah. later day. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and the natural human inclination is to do just enough to get by. Right. Now, the other day, Susan, it was like six in the morning, and, and all of a sudden the donkeys go running across the field, and she, and she goes, what, what, what's going on? And remember the tree fell in the driveway? Yes. And so the tree falls in the driveway and <clears throat> donkeys are running around. Next thing you know, after 20 or 10 minutes later, they're, they're up there sniffing the, the thing. But yeah, it scared them. But they're, you know, something's going to go wrong. The donkeys are going to let you know. Anyway, so now I can't get out of the driveway. So to work. And it's six in the morning. It's time for me to leave to go to work. So I get the little saw out and I, uh, the, the small chainsaw and I trim off just enough to get out the driveway, right. right? Now, what was it on a Tuesday or a Wednesday? Something maybe? like that. Yeah. yeah. And and I, so okay, driveway's open, so I go to work. I come back, and it's it, it's hot. It's real hot. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deal with it on the weeknights, right? So, so but here it is. I could actually leave that tree there, and not clean up the mess because I can get by it. Right. I could do just enough to get by. But what's gonna happen? going to be an eyesore it's going to be a fire hazard the carpenter ants are what took the tree down so the ants it's going to be more infested with it you see there's a whole host of things that are going to happen not only that but every time i drive by that it's going to bug me Mm -hmm. because it's an eyesore Mm -hmm. right so if i don't deal with that the coming sunday if i don't clean that mess up in other words if i just do enough to get by it's not going to work. That's not how things work. What we need to do is when we make when when there's a mess, we got to clean it up. Mm-hmm. That's that's what character building does, right? right. So with that Sunday went, cut it all up, got it all cleaned up. It's a beautiful thing. Now 
cleaning it all up did a whole host of things. It got us firewood. Mm-hmm. It got a fire hazard out of the way. Mm-hmm. It beautified the property, and it got rid of the ants. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So all kinds of good things come from dealing with those things that we're supposed to deal with. We can't just do barely what it takes to get by. Right. So as it is in the physical world, so as it is in the spiritual world. And That's right. God wants us to be able to to go and to look at those things where we have power over and to participate in life and to you know, help to get things cleaned up, yeah, whether it be we got in our mess. life or someone else's life. Yeah, it doesn't have to be your mess. Right, exactly. You know, it can be someone else who needs help needs cleaning, help cleaning, up, cleaning up, up their mess, mess you bet. You know? and, and maybe it may not even be something tangible that they need from you but maybe they just need to maybe they just need to speak to somebody or they need to know that somebody cares about them that i think is you know yeah important as well yeah self-talk is is has is a big enemy and and sometimes if you can just uplift someone to to, to help redirect their self-talk a little bit right you know that maybe that's sometimes all someone needs right you know absolutely so anyone who is growing daily in capacity and usefulness is fulfilling the purpose of life. In making a profession of faith in Christ, we pledge ourselves to become all that is pop- possible for us to be as workers for the master. And we should cultivate every faculty so that we may do the greatest amount of good that we are capable of. And that's with everything. With everything. You everything. Just do the best you can in everything. Right. Because it's, it, it, be, it becomes a part of you. Right, it builds your it builds that internal messaging to 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 your mind, right? Right. Um, it it that connects with a lot of different things that are um, that have the basis of your character as whether or not you're doing the best you can do, or if you're just kind of if you're just skating by, that can yeah. kind of become your life motto. I'm just yeah, going to skate just by. Yeah, you're that tree just enough to get right. down the driveway, so it doesn't and then scratch gonna, the car. Yeah, right. then you're going to look at that nasty thing for the you know, and every time you look at it, it's going to be. Something it becomes got, a bigger mountain. Yeah, you got to put it out of your mind, and and that's that's what happened is that mental baggage. It's just like the tree in the road. It mm-hmm. becomes something that you can't. Except for there comes a time when you will no longer notice it. Right. It'll be a, it'll be an eyesore to everybody else, but to you. You've just put it away so much. You built, put so many bricks in the wall. You no longer hear the voice, right? And that's why I think God um, does give us talents and does give us the opportunity to um, to make them better, so that uh, we and, and it's it's in usefulness. I think to other people is yeah. how He wants us to use our talents, not just to make them better for ourselves. Right, right. You know, and and this goes all the way down the line because we can we can be an influence for other people um with our talents people i mean i had an uh, i had an apprentice i had to let go a while back because he was a bad influence Mm -hmm. and wasn't just because he was an apprentice it was just that everything was negative about it just didn't work out uh but i've had to let go leaders too right you know it's it 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 works both ways. Um, so when talents get abused, it's infectious. Right. If we're not working hard to become better people, to become kinder, loving, gentle peacemakers, then it can corrupt the whole system. Right. It it'll naturally go the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Naturally. Mm-hmm. We've said it a million times. What do you got to do to grow weeds? Nothing. Mm-hmm. You don't water them. You don't do anything. 
What do you got to do to grow bad character traits? Nothing. Just let yourself go. You let your garden go, you, you'll, you'll grow weeds. You let yourself grow, go, you will grow bad character traits. It's just how things work. We can't change it. It's just how things are. Uh, we are just about ready to close this thing up again. Uh, I've been really having a good time doing this uh, Parables and Object Lessons series and I keep learning more and more the more I read these parables of Jesus. It's just been really, really helpful. Uh, I know you're enjoying it, too. Um, it's amazing how it, they were, you know, he the, they were from so long ago, and yet today, 2,000-plus years later, they, still relevant. They, they make much, you know, they can still have a huge impact on our lives. Yeah, they can. And so we're going to have to go now, folks, but I want you to remember there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg, past addicts, are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.